Incognito. That's the series we're in, Jacob 12 Podcast. And this week we are going to look at one of the just most important principles, practices that's going to determine whether or not you are a healthy, mature person and follower of Christ. We are going to talk about the importance of service. So I didn't expect God to change my life that day. And he, and he did. Every now and again, a pastor needs to repent. You know, has his mind changed in such a fundamental way that he does everything that he does differently. And, and that day it happened. I was in my office in our little church in Superior, Wisconsin, just a little church. And I was tired and I was frustrated. And I had a visitor. And his name, uh, the fellow visited me, his name was Gerald Palmer. And Gerald was a legend. He was a missionary, retired. At this point, he, he literally was like 75, 80 years old. Um, we used to call him Yoda because he was this little guy, and he'd come and he'd speak wisdom, you know, church planting you must, you know, that kind of stuff like that. And um, uh, he was so wise, and he was so patient. I was in my early 20s, and, uh, you know, I was just, just at this point where he said, how are you doing? I said, it's not very good. The church isn't doing well. We're not growing. You know, people just won't step up and step in. And he asked me what I was doing. And he says, it sounds like you're doing everything. I said, yeah, I, I try to get people to do stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, they're just not ready. They're, they're not spiritually mature enough. And, and they don't do it right. And, and, and they don't follow through. And, and he got kind of quiet. And he said, well, you've got to start trusting your people. He said, you don't understand, Gerald. They're just not mature enough. So here's this 20-year-old telling this 80-year-old um, about church. And, and he got quiet for a minute. And he had a way of doing this. And he just said, well, Paul... Um, sounds like they're not qualified. He, I said, yeah, that, that's kind of the thing. He said, well, how qualified are they going to have to be before you give them a chance, like someone gave you a chance when you weren't qualified? Yeah, and, and it got like, it just got a little awkwardly quiet, and I really wanted, really wanted to punch him, just so much. I wanted to, <laughs> and it would have been wrong, so I didn't. I was glad about that. But that was a crucial moment in my life where I learned just a basic fundamental leadership lesson, a lesson about what it means to lead any kind of organization. You have to trust people. Because at the end of the day, it's about the investment you make in people, helping them become everything God wants them to be that makes the church such a beautiful place. And that's what I want to talk to you about this weekend, the kind of community, the kind of purpose, the kind of vision that happens when we become a united people on mission with God to accomplish great things in his name. This principle, by the way, is true across the board. This is actually what parenting is all about. If you lead a team, an organization, a business, a, a whatever, a classroom, this is what it's all about. This is the wisdom of God, and, and it is the key to understanding community. Now, we're in this series called Incognito. We've been talking about the tendency that we have to hide. The tendency that we have to just, you know, stay in the background, especially a church like Jake as well, slip in, slip out, and, and, and get some stuff. But at the end of the day, we're really not known. And how that actually is crippling to our well-being, our emotional state, our spiritual state, and, and it keeps us from becoming whole and holy people, mature people. Now, the first week we talked about how this thing of community is not just a really great idea that God had. He said, you people get together every now and again. This is actually who God is. He lives in an eternal, loving community. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is the way he has always been. And, 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 and that community is a community of service. Th this should blow your mind. Do you realize God serves you? God serves you. 
It's in his nature to do things for you that you cannot do for yourself. The fact that he would even consider us or look to us, but he serves you. The Father serves you through, through creation and by giving you breath and all the things he provides. The Son served you by dying for your sins, and now he stands next to the Father, and he makes intercession for you so that when you pray, your prayers are heard through Jesus. The Spirit serves you by empowering you and gifting you. And, and there are times in prayer where I, I don't know about you, but I just can't pray. And the Spirit comes and gets with my heart and my emotion, and he communicates to God. God serves you. That's who he is. Now, last week, we looked at the importance of, of, of making a radical commitment towards loving people and being united in a, in a faith community and, and, and being united in purpose. We looked at that first at the beginning of Ephesians 4 that said, be completely humble and gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. We talked about the importance of humility. We talked about the importance of, of service in, in life. And so this week, what I want to do is I want to look at the second part of that passage in Ephesians chapter 4. And this is actually, I, I think it's my favorite passage about the nature of the people of God, the nature of the church. Because the church is an institution. It's not the pastors. It's the people and what it's supposed to look like to be a healthy church that produces healthy people. Let's go ahead and take a look at the passage. It starts in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. There it goes. All right. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and, and we're in verse 11. He said this. Now, he gave to the church. And now you we have a God who gives. See, God gives, and, and he's going to give gifts to his church. And let me just say something to you, and, and I mean this in all sincerity. You are a gift given to God's people. There, there's something about you that is crucial, that God's people need, and, and you are a gift. And, and so God gives gifts. He gave, look, the apostles, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, evangelists, pastors, shepherds, and teachers. Okay? So this is kind of, he's given these leaders of these churches, people who are like pastors like me, and, and, and very often we tend to think that that's what the church is all about. One of the signs of an unhealthy church is a church focused on the pastors, and what they need, and what they want, and all those kinds of things like that. And very often people will start a sermon like this by explaining what each one of these positions are. And the truth is, we don't really know exactly what they did, and, and it's kind of hard to figure out how they do today. But, but here's what I want you to hear this, this weekend. I want you to hear that it's not so much important who they are as much as it's what they're supposed to do. Because that's what this passage is about. Because I used to think to be a pastor meant I did the ministry. I did the ministry for the people, that I was the minister, you were the ministries, I guess. And so, 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 so that's what it meant, and you do the stuff at church. But that is not what it says. It said he gave these leaders, look at this, to equip, to equip the saints. And so our job is to set you up to success, help you figure out who God is and how you're supposed to live and how to use this book and what your giftedness is and what your, your, your life is supposed to be and your families and your work and all those kinds of things. Our job is to equip you, look at this, so that for so that the people can do the work of ministry. That's true inside the church and outside the church. That the ministry of the church is meant to be done through God's people. And so when we understand that, it changes everything about how we do church. That, that you are called to a ministry. You're called to serve and do stuff through and with the people of God. But you're also called to view what you do every day as ministry. 
If, if you work at an office, if you're a teacher, if you're a doctor, if, if, if you're an employer or employee, that that is something, listen, now God has called you to do. He's put you in that position. And our job is to equip you to do that in God's name. It, it is the most noble, beautiful thing to find some good thing to do to make things better for yourself, for your family, but for the larger community. That becomes a beautiful thing. And, and our job is to equip God's people to do the work of ministry so that the building of the body of Christ would take place. And so what builds up the body is not when you have just a few rock stars, not when you just have a few people who, who do everything, it's that when people are becoming more like Christ, they're getting um, 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 equipped. Now look what he says. He says what will happen then is that as we do that well, we will attain the unity of faith. Listen, unity is stunningly important. And people who are working together passionately for a shared purpose become united and unity is powerful if you've never been part of something with another group of people who are on the same page doing something with passion and heart and, and, and accomplishing it man you're missing out if you on the other hand have been in an organization or a team or something like that where everybody is for themselves and nobody really knows what's going on or what we're trying to do or what the win is there's nothing more frustrating and detrimental actually to relationships and so what happens is that when you equip the church and equip the people of God to see who they are and how they're gifted and what they're supposed to do, it becomes a glorious, wonderful thing. He says, we achieve, we achieve this unity of faith um, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. That is to say that what ends up happening is that we learn things about Jesus when we're part of something bigger than ourselves. We learn about Jesus when we use our gifts in our serve. In fact, there are things you can't learn about Jesus. There are things you can't learn about the Son of God until you become a servant, someone who uses what they got for something bigger than themselves with other people who are on the same journey and committed to the same passion. This is where we learn who Jesus is. This is where Jesus shows up. A lot of people say, boy, I, just, I, I wish I saw Jesus more in my life. I, I wish I had more of Jesus in my life. And I always want to say to them, well, what are you involved that Jesus is doing? I mean, what are you participating in where Jesus is at work so that you can see him in your life? And, and when you start getting involved in something bigger than yourself, it becomes amazing. He says, we grow in the knowledge, that is to say, knowing Jesus, and to mature personhood to the measure and the statute of the fullness of Christ. That is to say, we grow up to become like Christ. And so the, the verse says, we will know and become like Jesus. And if you're around Jacob's well, you know our purpose statement is that wherever you're at in your journey, we're going to walk together taking steps until we know we have a relationship deep, growing, and abiding and become like Jesus. This is what the church is supposed to be like. This is when the church is beautiful. This is when it's powerful. This is what causes people to deepen and to grow in the most wonderful place. And what this does is it creates a protection. It says, um, it says, so that, so that, this is the result, that we may no longer be children. That is to say, immature 
You know, easily blown back, easily thrown into a tailspin, easily confused, easily manipulated. That's what children are. We are no longer children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. There, there are spiritual forces out in the world that are trying to attack us and undermine us. They love to get us out isolated by ourselves because we're easy to pick up. Pick off, but when we become part of a church and we feel that strength and, and we're being used as part of that church, it creates this incredible protection for us as the church, but also for us as individuals. It is a deepening, it is an abiding. That's why the church is so important. That's why anybody who says, you know what, I don't need the church, I just got a personal relationship. Well, good luck. I mean, you're saying pretty much, I'm out there on my own, I feel like I can handle it, I feel like I'm good enough, I feel like I've got enough. Here's just a, a, a blinding flash of the obvious, okay? Let me just say this, okay? You're not enough. I'm not enough. But in Christ, we are enough. You see, we need each other. We need to be some, part of something bigger than ourselves. I, I, I illustrated this one time. Uh, one time I was at a, um, a, a, scamp, a, a scout camp. And there was a young man. He's a great kid. Uh, we, were, we were by the fire, and he was working on a project. And he was doing a great job. And he says, you know, I just feel like, you know, I, I just know I can do anything I set my mind to. And, and I was feeling a little punchy, and, and, and I, I wanted to kind of challenge him in a different way. And I said, no, you can't. He said, yeah, they, they said at school, the guidance counselor said I could do anything I set my mind to. I said, no, you're tall. You could never be an astronaut. Astronauts are short. You, you're too tall to be an astronaut. So check that off the list. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me like, aren't you a pastor? Because you're terrible at this. He said, no, there, there, there's, in fact, there's a lot of things. Can you sing? Well, kind of. Can you sing well enough to make a living? Probably not. Well, check that off the list. Okay. <laughs> Dance? No, don't do that. And, and so the truth is, and here's the truth for all of you, we are all bad at almost everything. Do you realize that? That, that most of the things there are to do, it doesn't matter how much you work at it, some of you are never going to just rock math. Okay? Some of you are never going to be public speakers. Some of you are never going to be the life of the party. Some of you are never going to be deep thinkers. Some of you are never going to just, just whatever it is, okay? But here is the thing. And this is what I said to him. I said, there are things about you that are amazing, that are God-ordained and God-gifted. And I started to listen to him. I said, you do this, and you do this. And when you lead the younger scouts, and when you do this, so you're a leader. And I started speaking life into him that focused him. That him came back and, and he just left puffed up because he started realizing this is who I am and this is what I can do. Now, now I understand there may be parts of a person's life they haven't discovered yet. And you don't want to discourage people, anything like that. But here's my point. If we go through life thinking, man, I am enough, we're not going to have this, listen, desperate understanding that I need other people. You know, here's just a good life principle when you're going through life. Whoever you're dealing with, assume they have something you don't have. Assume there's something they can teach you that you don't know. Assume that there's something they're better at, there's an experience you haven't had. And quit worrying about impressing them with what you know and what your experiences are and, and open yourself up to say, who are they and why has God brought us together? And, and this might be a holy moment. And, and don't be surprised if God does it in a very 
surprising way. You may be a highly educated person that really needs to learn from a person who just has a whole lot of highly educated life experience. You may be a person who, who, is, who is younger, who doesn't realize that, that that senior person has something to give. You may be a senior person who realizes someone's got to show me how my phone works. I mean, that, that kind of thing like that. You see, this incredible humility, which we discussed last week, which is so crucial, is central to this thing that we are better together. And it's not just a good idea. It's not just going to improve performance. It's truly this deep conviction. You're not enough. I'm not enough. But in Christ, we're enough. And that's what he's saying. He's saying we'll get blown away. The deceitful schemes, the the crazy teaching, the tricks, the human cunning, they will catch up to us. If we try to do life alone, he goes on, he says, but rather we're going to speak the truth in love and we're going to grow up. We're going to be the kind of place where you can deal in truth, talk about hard things. You can look at things, good, bad, otherwise, and and that'll cause us to grow up in every way, in every way into Jesus, who is the head, even him who is Christ. He is a leader of the church. And so we'll grow up as a people, as as a church, but as individuals too, when we're around other people who, who are who are different than us and challenging us. You know, it's the whole thing, it's cliche, but it's so true. It's about spending your life being a life learner. This is what this passage passionately calls us to. Now, now um, uh, he goes on, one more, one more verse here. He says, from whom, this is Christ, from whom the whole body is joined together, Christ holds it together by every joint in which we are equipped when... Each part is working properly when each part, see, you have a part to play in this. It makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so, listen, it's, it's so important you understand that it's not enough for you to just to attend here. You need to be part of this body. You need to be part of this community. You need to let us know you and you, you need to know us. You need to be in relationships with the groups. You need to use what you've got because you've got something that is crucial to this place. Now, the Apostle Paul who wrote Ephesians picks this up in another passage of scripture that's just wonderfully worth looking at today. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 12, and he uses a metaphor here that is just so self-evidently true. It's absolutely beautiful. He says this. He says, just as the body, our human physical bodies, um, have many members, many parts, fingers, toes, all that kind of stuff, and members of the body, uh, and all members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so it is with Christ. That's why we're called the body of Christ, is, is that, is that, is that we're, we're like a human body, a physical body, and we all have different parts, different functions. And he, and, he, and he gets almost silly in the illustration, but it's just so true. He says, for one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews and Greeks, slaves are free, all were made to drink of one spirit. And so we talked about this a lot last week, where we talked about the Holy Spirit's in me. He's in you. You know, God is in me. He's in you. He speaks through me. He speaks through you. He works through me. He works through you. And that when all of that happens, it's a beautiful thing. And this is true whether or not you're a Jewish person who would have grown up with the Old Testament and memorized large portions of it, or Greeks who were brand new to the things of God. This is true whether or not you're the kind of person who's a slave, you're poor, you don't have anything in, in terms of worldly wealth, or you're free, you might even be a slave owner. He says, God will surprise you who has the spiritual um, calling, the spiritual picture, the spiritual steps that you're supposed to take um, in your journey. He goes on. He says, so if the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. That is to say, I'm going to go off and do my own thing. You know, and, and it's this nonsense thing, right? The foot just going off here. And, 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 and you know what? Because I'm not a hand, I'm not that important. 
or maybe because I'm afraid I'm way more important. Whatever it is that would make us isolate. The devil loves people who isolate. Who people get in a tough place, a difficult place, a prideful place, whatever, and they go off and do their own thing. He loves it because you're so much easier to fool. You're so much easier to overwhelm. You're so much easier to isolate. And so, so he, he, he loves it. But, but the Bible says that the foot can't save because I'm not a hand. I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. No, no matter what you think about it, you are part of the body. You know what the Bible says in another place? It says that the Spirit came and distributed gifts as the Spirit saw fit and then gave us as gifts to the body of Christ. You are meant to be a gift to the people of God. There's something you are called to do that only you can do. And when you do it well, the body gets healthier, gets stronger, gets more robust. But if you don't do it, well, then we're not all that we can be. Look what he goes on to say. He says, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an ear, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye... First of all, that'd be creepy. Um, where would the sense of hearing be? Um, if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But look at what he says here. He says, but as it is, God has arranged. Not the pastor, not you. God has arranged the member of the body, each one of them, as he chose. And so God has given gifts and he's distributing. He's put different people in different places. And when you understand that God does it, you understand what we're dealing with here is an issue of calling and an issue of stewardship. Remember that word stewardship we talked a lot about in legacy. And people think stewardship is all about money. Money is such a small, small aspect of it. What is it about? Is it about your relationships? And it's about your giftedness. It's about using what you have to make things better in Jesus' name. That's what stewardship is. It's what your life's supposed to mean. It's what it's all about. And so God chose to give you, give you the gifts that he gave you. Ever argue with God about that? Ah, wrong color hair, God. Why wasn't I taller? I should be in the NFL. All those kinds of things like that. You know, oh, why can't I sing like this person or speak like this person or do like this person? And, and listen, so many of us, listen, this is such a deal. So many of us waste time fretting about what we're not, what we don't have and what we can't do, we never take time to discover the amazing things that God does in us and through us and could do us. And if we would take a step back and say, okay, God, you, you've chosen not to call me into this. You've chosen not to do this. But what is the thing you've called me to? What is the contribution that I'm called to make? And very often, it's something that seems small, but it is crucial. I don't know if you've ever had a medical situation where... where, where um, a small part of your body got messed up. Maybe it was even a part of your body you didn't even know existed. So I didn't even know I had a gallbladder. But then it went, wow, it would just, I, I count on that sucker to work, you know. I get gout in, 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 in my foot. And gout is a little uh, condition where uric acid builds up in the blood and it crystallizes in your joints. So you have little sharp pieces of glassy stuff in your joints. And it <laughs> hurts, Okay. And I tell you what, it doesn't matter when I have gout how good my hand feels. It doesn't matter that I can hear great. When I got gout, the whole body just stops. You see, that's his point, is that it's God recognizing what's important and what's needing and what the calling is. And for us to submit to God and submit to others and say, God, this is the thing you call me to do. I'm going to step into this. That's powerful. That's maturity. That's grown up. That's when you get to this wonderful place where it's no longer about you 
It's about God and about the things of God and others and things that are bigger than me. It's a beautiful place to live, actually. If all were a single member, if we were all exactly the same, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body, okay, that we're all doing it together. That means when you succeed, I succeed. When I succeed, you succeed. It, it means when you're hurting, I'm hurting. It means when, when you're doing well, I'm doing well. It, 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 it's when you're hurting, I'm hurting. It, it, it's just this understanding that it's not about me winning. It's about us winning. And we celebrate the win. That's why it's so important to have a clear vision, clear purpose. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. So that we can see it with just such power. Look what he says. He says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. For one member is honored, all rejoice together. And so if one is lifted up, we all rejoice because we're all part of that. Because it's never about just, you know, um, um, who we are as individuals. It's who we are as a community. Um, You know, um, this is such a crucial thing. We talk about this as leaders of this church all the time. Are we equipping the people? Are we equipping the people? The church doesn't exist to give us a place to work or to prop us up or to build us up. It's something bigger than ourselves. And, and I just want to say, one of the things about pastors and teachers and leaders of our church, we have an amazing team. I mean, we have an amazing people, and they love you, and they work hard, and they sacrifice. We had a major bummer this last Friday night, because Friday night we were going to get all of our volunteers together, and we put together this incredible night. We were going to celebrate. We had a, a, an entertainer coming in. We had food. It was going to be great. And it snowed. Um, and, and, and I just want to speak to that, because, you know, if you were disappointed that got canceled... It, just multiply it by 10 for the people who lead this church. Because I don't know if you realize this, but we have over 1,000 volunteers in this church. Think about that. 1,000 volunteers. It takes like four. Yeah, that's a four or 500. Yeah, give it up. That's great. But four or 500 people every week just to make this place go. And, and we don't take that lightly. You know, we, we recognize that, that we couldn't hire that. We couldn't replace that. That y'all don't have to do it, okay? But, but what you do it is because you love Jesus and you love his church. And, and it's, it's, it's a joy to be part of something bigger than yourself. And it's a glorious thing. And we were looking forward to just having a great time loving you guys. And, and I just want to say thank you. And I want to say I love you. And thank you for making this place the amazing thing. You know, whenever I walk someone through the church, uh, they, they go, wow, you really have a beautiful facility here. I say, you should see it when it's full of the people. That's when it's beautiful. You should see it when people are serving and community is going on and people are hugging and they're praying and it's just the most amazing thing to see in that way. We have a great team that loves it. By the way, I would say this too. Our overseers, our, our, our board who, who are, are volunteers, so much more than volunteers, high capacity leaders, we have the most amazing board. These godly men who are passionate to, and, and they advocate and they fight for the church and, and, and it's just an incredible group and it makes the church an amazing thing. And, and what I want you to see is how crucial you are uh, in this. We have people, let me talk about some of our volunteers. We got some people in our care ministry and what that looks like is they help with weddings and they have help with funerals. They do weddings now. They do marriage mentorings. They come alongside people when they're in vulnerable times or difficult times. It's, it's a beautiful thing. They need divorce care and grief care and uh, uh, divorce care for kids. It's the most beautiful thing. We 
we have people in children's ministry. They have like 500 kids down there every week. And there are people helping register and, and working with special needs kids and working to teach and writing devotions. It's the most beautiful thing. We have people who, who come a second Saturday every, every month and they work on our grounds. There are people who shovel snow and, and, and do that kind of amazing work. We have ushers and greeters who, who, who and hospitality people who make coffee. Anybody grateful for coffee? Can I get an amen uh, for coffee? Um, and, and so they show up and, and they don't do it just because you know, someone's got to do this test. They do it to create an environment of welcome and hospitality, and they're crucial in, in this process. We have people in the prayer room. We have, we have our youth group, my goodness, and they could use some more volunteers in youth group. By the way, you say, oh, I'm too, too old to work with the youth group. Listen, the older, the better. And let me say, this is why. Because very often, youth don't do real well with the generation right on top of them. They just got to, they're doing this thing called differentiation, and they're separating, they're becoming who they are, and so it's hard to deal with their parents' generation, but the grandparent generation, man, they connect. And, and so when we have grandparents come and, and they volunteer on, on, on Wednesday nights, it is a magical, powerful, beautiful thing. And, and so we, we see this kind of thing, and, and, and so many people serving in so many different ways, it makes this church powerful. And, and, and it always reminds me of, of, of how this place works. You see, here's the thing that happens. Very rarely do people turn their life around with one gigantic decision, just out of the blue. Sometimes it happens. God does that. But more often than not, it's a bunch of little decisions in the same direction. So, so I can just imagine a couple, there's many of you, some of you are sitting here today, who, who came to Jacob's Well for the first time because you came to a funeral. Um, you'd be amazed how many people start coming to our church because they attended a funeral. And they come to the funeral and say, wow, this is a beautiful place. And all oh, these people are so loving. And look at how they're loving on this family. And, and volunteers came and they prepared a meal. And, and, and now they have this thing called grief share. And, and then they have this thing for kids. And, and this is pretty great. We should check this place out. And, and so they find the courage because it takes courage to go to a new strange place in church when you haven't been in church for a long time. And, and last time you went, it was just kind of, I don't know. And, and so, so they roll to the parking lot and, and, and there's places for them to park and because and, the volunteers are parked in the back. That's the kind of folks we have. And, and, and they roll in and, and, and the shovels, the sidewalks are shoveled and, and, and they have someone warmly opening and greeting the, them at the door and, and, and the campus is just beautiful. Signs are in the right place because people have come and they've put all those things up and they walk in the door and they're greeted and, and there's just a warmth there that makes them feel okay. All right, that person looks pretty normal. This might be all right. And, and, and they walk through the door and then there's this person with a connection shirt on there, and, and they're just trained to recognize, say, hey, welcome, are you new? Oh, yeah, we are new. Well, here, let me show you around. And they show where the kids go, and, and there's wonderful orange team people there meeting them, and there's incredible stuff going down the hallway and worship going on. The kids just were a little nervous, but now they're pretty excited, and they go in, and then they come back, and, and, and service gets started. So the connection person says, hey, why don't you come sit with, 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 with my family? And one of the ushers leads them to where her family is and his family is, and, and, and they sit, and now they're in the service and, and the worship team, and, and, and they didn't know what to expect, but they didn't expect this. Church has changed a lot since they were a kid, and so they're there and but it's warm and it's understandable and there's messages that connects and why does that guy talk so fast but he's pretty good I, I don't know I don't know what that's about you know but they're there and 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 they're and they're heard and, and and something captures them and then they go back and they pick up their kids and people always ask kids two questions when they visit church they, they ask did you have fun and did you learn anything and they say, well, they gave us the sheet, and we, we can look at it in the week. There's devotions throughout the week, and you see, wow, there's parent classes, and there's grief. There's a stress and anxiety class where more volunteers are going to come in through the week uh, and do some training and some equipping. And they say, wow, this, this place is talking about real stuff. There's something on finances here and, and how to get your finances together. And wow, 
And, and, and so they weren't going to come the next week, but the kids do such a fit about not being able to go that they came anyway. And then they roll back in, and then after a while, they start hearing about these things of groups and, and serving, and maybe they serve, and maybe they get in a group, and, and then they start meeting people, and eventually the, the message of Christ comes to them in a way where the Spirit's timing, and a person in their group or on a weekend service, or maybe they go to the prayer room, and someone's able to lead them to Christ and become followers of Christ. Next thing you know, they're bringing their family and then their family's coming, and, and the next thing you know, their, their, their kids go through a crisis, and the care team comes alongside them, and, and they're growing, and then pretty soon they're leading something. And then we come to a summer service where we have splash, and they hear about baptism, and they say, that's what I want to do, because this baptism says that I met this person named Jesus at a place called Jacob's Well, and my whole life changed. And that happens, and it's happened hundreds and thousands of times over the last 20 years, and that's what the church is. Now, it's just all about one person, right? No. You see, the fingerprints on that life, listen, it's hundreds of people. It's, it's people who pray. It's people who, who greet. It, it, and what if, what if the greeter that day just decided not to show up, and the person came up, and it was just too much, and they walked away? Just too intense. What if, what, if, what if the connection person that day, uh, we didn't have connection. We didn't have connection people two years ago. And, and so the person just standing in our four-way, our, four-way our, our gathering area, and they're looking around because there's a lot going on. They don't know what to do. And, and, and because of that, they have a bad experience. Their kids never get to children's, and, 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 and then they, they don't come back. And you know, what, what happens if, if they go through a life crisis and there's not that care minister there? You see, you have a role to play. It's not... A few of us, it's not one of us, it's all of us together being the body of Christ, seeing lives change in the most deep and the most profound way. This is what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ. And so I want to challenge you this weekend, I want to challenge you with some steps, okay? The step I want to, first step I want to challenge you with is to come out of the hiding, okay? Incognito, right? Some of you are hiding relationship, some of you are hiding your gifts, some of you have gifts, and for whatever reason, you're hiding out. You say, you know what, I don't think I'm good enough, or I was in another church, I got hurt, or I just, I just think I'm too busy, or whatever. So you're kind of trying to fly under the radar, but you know you have something to contribute. Uh, other people are concerned they don't have enough. It's time to come out of the, the gifts, uh, out of hiding. Some of folks, it's time to, to get involved in groups. We have so many good groups. You need a church this size, the big church, but you also need your little church within the church. That's what groups are. And so, so it's time for you to get in a group. And, and you say, I don't know where to start. Well, there's one starting called Alpha. If you're brand new around here, brand new Christian, you should look at Alpha. Um, um, maybe some of you, many of you, and boy, this is not just a how-to group. This is a community group um, signed up during Legacy, said, I really want to get my finances ordered. I want to do financial peace. Well, that group's getting ready to start. A couple, couple of those getting ready to start. Several of those getting ready to start. And all kinds of other groups. But here, check out groups. Maybe for you, there's another step you can take. We started Jacob Pro Grow classes on Tuesday night. And if you haven't been to the website or the Connection Center and seen all the different things we're speaking about, these are real-life issues. Last week, we did stress and anxiety, which I know doesn't affect anyone here, but there were some other people who came. And we had professionals, we had medical professionals and health professionals and spiritual professionals to come in and just talk about, here's what it looks like with Jesus to figure out this thing of stress and anxiety. We can do parenting stuff and family stuff and marriage stuff, finance stuff, practical stuff, and, and should just check it out. Maybe that's your step because I don't know if I can do the group thing, not ready to do that, don't know if I can do that, but I could come to a Tuesday night. There's worship, 
Okay, to celebrate recovery as part of that. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then, then the, the last thing, and this is where a lot of people start, even before they do groups, is they sign up to serve. And, and what you could do is you could actually get your phone and you could text JWSERVE to that number right there. And what would happen is that will then go and there'll be a form and you just a little bit, you just fill out. And then later in the week, the most beautiful woman in the world is going to call you. Because <laughs> my wife is in charge of that ministry. And so, so she is, you're wondering... Dude just threw us a curve there. Uh, and so, 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 so it would be an opportunity uh, to talk to me. And the thing I love about Whitney, so many things about Whitney, she has a passion to help people figure out what their gifts are and where they're going to flourish and what they would love to do and just where they're at on their journey. Uh, it's just a great, great thing. And so you could take that step. You take your phone and do that. It'd just be a beautiful step. But, but wherever you're on your journey, there's a step for you to take. It's time to come out of the shadows. Take, take a step, okay? We're kind of removing your excuses just to stay in the, in the shadows. We're trying to create a pathway for you to say, you know what? I want to grow into that maturity that scripture talked about. I want to start to become known. I'm going I'm to find the courage. I'm going to, in faith, take this step um, to become more like Christ. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your church. She is beautiful. I thank you, Father, that when she is healthy and she is flourishing, wow, amazing things happen. Um, thank you that we get to be part of her. Just help each one of us to take a step, Father God, to just um, help people know and become like you as your body. In Jesus' name, amen.